Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Black Girl Uninterrupted. It is a weekly conversation with your favorite girlfriend designed to help you engage in healthy dialogue, self-reflection, and motivate you while navigating through a world that ain't ready for all your black girl magic. So shine, black girl shine, as we get into another episode. I am your host, Kiara Amore, so sit back grab a glass of wine if you're on your way to your commute make sure you tune me all the way up put the kitties out the car first because black girl uninterrupted is about to be lit It's time for the uninterrupted memo. This is where Kiara is going to be giving you all the delish, posh information of what she's been up to. There are no balls being held here. Kiara will all you. Alright y'all, welcome to the Uninterrupted Memo where I am going to be giving you guys all of the details of what's been going on with your girl. So I know I've been missing in action. It's been about three weeks, uh, three or four weeks to be exact. And the reason why is because um, I've just been going through some some sort of metamorphosis and I really wanted to take the time to build a better show. And not just be quick to just put something out just because I know I have to put a, a episode out. And with changing jobs and changing um, the career path that I'm going in, it did allow me some opportunity to take some time off from working and just really rethink what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. Right now, I am not working. Oh my gosh, ladies, I quit the other job. And I ended up going to another job called Skill Gigs, and it was absolutely horrible. Uh, <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. I have no regrets on uh, leaving the other job because ultimately it was um, it was more stressful than it was actually benefiting me. And I now have the time to rethink my career path if I still want to stay in HR, if I don't, and what's going on with that. Outside of career stuff, your girl may be getting her groove back. Let's listen, let's pray that I get my groove back. I've been in um a sort of a long distance situationship with someone, and I've just been really trying to figure that out as well and seeing like where we're going um in the midst of that uh my ex you know have been reaching out to me and he's like when you bringing your ass home i need you to bring your ass home and i'm just thinking like man <laughs> granted i love miami i love where i'm from i love i love i love, I love my city but at the same time when you think about the things that you have to give up once you start over again, you have to give up, you know, a sense of comfortability because you've gotten comfort comfortable with, you know, paying this amount of rent and having extra money. And if I go home, a lot of my ex money, a lot of my money will be going to my expenses instead of me um, just really enjoying life and living it to my best potential or whatever um I'm deciding to move to another side of town which I'm so excited about 
Um, me and Mika's friend anniversary just passed. And that's my boo. She about to go to on vacation. So I'm so excited for her. Uh our friend anniversary was 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 good. You know, we didn't celebrate because it was during a weekday, but it's just so amazing how you can just meet somebody and y'all become close, close, close within a matter of months. So shout out to my girl, Mika Means. Um, we've been thinking about relaunching uh, the Clack City Neos morning show, and that's going to be on a podcast format. So y'all get to see Houston through our eyes of non-Houstonians. Now, people would call us Houstonians now because we are now legal residents, <laughs> um, but we are technically uh, non-native Houstonians. <laughs> and being in Houston is really fine, you know, it, it's different. Like I said, I would never really take anybody from Houston serious as far as relationship-wise because they're different. And baby, let me tell you. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's, okay. So since we on that subject, right? And there are no bars being held. I met a guy. Right, and I thought he was so cute. Oh my gosh, I was like, Oh my god, little red is strumming my pain with his fingers. And I was like, Oh, and he got on a cowboy's jersey, so he might be the one. Now, granted, Kiara does not, I do not, um, judge a book by his cover, but baby was fine. Okay, baby, little baby was fine, he didn't have a full beard. But I was like, okay, maybe I could do something with that, you know. So that was day one. So then day two comes, and my friend is like, girl, he going to be at the little meeting up spot or whatever. And, you know, I position myself to comment on something he commented on in our little Facebook group before I was kicked out. And we gonna we gonna talk about that. We gonna that's another whole episode. That's a whole other episode. But so I position myself to go ahead and you know, um, you know, you know, get him to to start DMing me. So he started DMing me or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, are you coming out?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm at this company party, but I'm about to leave because ain't shit popping or whatever, right?" So, I leave the party. I'm already lit. Me and Mika are lit as fuck. Mika absolutely did not like any one of my coworkers. She was like, I hate all these bitches. All these bitches are fake. And Mika has a really good judge of character. So, she felt what I felt. And I was like, all those bitches is being fake, girl. (laughs) So, um... (laughs) <laughs> so we get to the party or whatever and I'm like okay he ain't looking all like he was the other day he looking a little jank right and I'm sitting here like okay I'm a little tipsy so it does not matter so we talking or whatever and maybe I just bypassed so many so many like red flags when I was tipsy because I was just <laughs> Laughing at all these little stupid little jokes, telling him all about myself. Mika says she's ready to go. She's gonna have somebody take her home. And I'm like, You sure I could go home? Blah, blah, blah. So she ended up going. I ended up saying, We end up talking. Blah, 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 blah. And that was that. So a couple of days later, we started um, texting or whatever. And I told him, I was like, I really do not prefer texting. I don't feel like that's a good way to get to know someone. Blah, blah, blah. In comes the conversations. And I was like, ooh, he talk a little feminine. 
<laughs> and I just noticed, like, through the course of me getting to know him, that he was a very feminine, and he has a very, uh, a lot of feminine attributes to how he carry himself, from just the way he talks, and he, he gave me a couple hand gestures, like that flick of the wrist thing, I was like, oh no, baby, we gotta figure this out, <laughs> so I'm sorry to laugh at y'all ear, but Still, like, to this day, it is so funny because you have to be so cautious on, like, you know, what you're doing and who you're talking to, right? So, you know, I just decided to myself, like, you know, let me, you know, let me invite him over or whatever. You know, I got the house to myself. My son gone for the weekend. And I was like, let me, let me you know, let me tell him to come over and chill because I'm not in the mood to go out. So... I'm like, okay, whatever. He comes to my house, and he is, I don't know what the fuck he was wearing, but he cannot dress. And that was like, oh, my fucking God. At least come over to my house. You know, at least come over to my house, smell, like, smelling like you want me to fuck you. Like, Lord, do that. Um, And then it was just like, uh. And then a feminine, you know, hand gesture started coming out. Then he started talking super fast, like, you know, very feminine-ish. And I asked him, I was like, hey, are you, you know, liking of another persuasion? Are you playing for the other team? And he was like, he, he slapped his hand on his forehead like this, y'all. This is sound effect. And... <laughs> He literally said, you're not the first person that told me that or asked me that. And I was just like, wow, okay, cool. Um, wow, so you must get this a lot. That's just, that's definitely not something that, like I'm interested in because there got to be some truth to it. And he's like, well, I can't be because I, I have a son and want, want, want. And I'm like, baby, that haven't stopped nothing from nobody. Look at, look at um, um, Caitlyn Jenner. Baby, that ain't something, no show. So um, long story short... I ended up stopped talking to him because I told him, you embody everything that I do not want my son to be as an only boy or my only um, or my only child. I literally have to butch it up a notch, you know, and I, I do that because I don't want my son to all, to have those feminine traits. There are times when he may pick up stuff from TV, but I'm able to alter them. I don't put my hand on my hips. I'm not super, like, feminine all the time. When I'm with my friends, I am, but when I'm with him, I'm, like, more relaxed. I'm kind of trying to, you know, play both roles with my son so he does not attain those type of attributes being feminine. And he says, oh, it's only because I'm the only boy, blah, 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 blah. And his dad passed away at an early age. And I'm like, well, don't you have, you know, male influences? Like, he was like, yeah. I was like, so were you always like that? And, you know, he got offended. And, you know, um, I, I just really had to let him know, like, you you cannot. I, I date and I date um, in projection of what I want my son to emulate. And it is so, it's so important as single mothers, um, especially if your son, if your son's father is not in the picture, to get and date people that have attributes of men, 
that you admire. You know, I want my son to be very hardworking. So I decided that an ex-boyfriend was not getting his shit together on time or he wasn't working hard enough so my son could feel like you know what damn my mom's boyfriend worked so hard for us growing up I remember my mama never struggling I I don't remember my mom and my and my stepdad ever going through a hard time and if they did they probably never showed it because that that just goes to show me that I have to make a way out of no way so you want to have people that have good characteristics and good morals and good ethics that your children can emulate. So that's all. <laughs> that kind of went way on a whole nother tangent. But that's all for the uninterrupted memo. Oh, we have reached this point of the podcast. We have reached this point of the podcast where it's about to get real. Just saying. She about to get real. Topic for this podcast is called Lessons from My Exes. In my Cardi B voice, you know, I'm still Team Nikki, but listen. Lessons from my exes. Things that they taught me along the way. Baby, and I am bringing notes. I got notes and I got things I want to talk about. Now, when I say, oh shit, I almost broke my headphones <laughs> when I say lessons from my exes I am not talking about in a negative standpoint now some things may be negative but overall I'm talking about how my exes uh have helped me become a better me by noticing some things that I may lack in and some things I do well in that I didn't think that I was really good at so <laughs> I got inspired by this um by this topic by just, you know, listening to Ariana Grande, you know, thank you next. And I wanted to put this episode out earlier last year, but I was like, you know what? Let's hold off and let's just bring it into 2019 because we're all on that whole cycle of new year, new me. I learned my lessons from 2018. I did this many bodies in 2018 and now I'm moving forward. We got a new start, press restart on the coochie clock and we're here <laughs> in 2019. So, <laughs> listen, I'm telling y'all, restart the coochie clock on, 20, on January 1st. Well, we're going to say January 2nd because whatever you did on January 1st does not count. Does not count. So, stop. <laughs> so lessons from my exes. So, I got my own little excerpt that I'm going to say, like, you know, how Ari, Ariana started. Uh, thank you, next. This is what I got to say. Thought I'd end up with John, but it wasn't a match. Wrote some songs about Calvin. Now I listen and laugh. Even though I almost got married. And for Rod, I am so thankful. Wish I can say thank you to Nate because he is a motherfucking angel. Oh my gosh. Baby. And those are not all my exes. Those are the ones that probably made... um. And, and, you know, and subsequent, you know, to two that's, that that I didn't mention. Those are the ones that taught me the most lessons. And I felt like um, I didn't want to put my ex Chris in, in that because I just felt like um, that was uh, that was a lie. And we're just not going to talk about that. But we're going to talk about it in um, going when I start breaking things down. So 
all of my exes, I won't say I've had very bad experiences. I can't say I've walked away from all of my relationships uh, sad and broken and um, broken into pieces. If anything, I was sad because the relationship ended and sometimes it ended on a good and positive note. So you always got to remember that when you're walking away from a relationship or a relationship is ending, don't always factor in the negative parts of it. You want to think about how you benefited out of it. What did you learn? What were some things that you felt like, you know, you got from that relationship? And sometimes it feels like in relationships, we give, we give, we give. But we want to start understanding that relationships is not about what you give. It's about what's being reciprocated. So whether I am giving him, you know, I'm giving him all of these wifely, uh, and I'm using air quotes, a very, uh, uh, a lot in this uh, episode, I'm using air quotes, wifely duties, um, even though you're giving him that, you want to make sure that there is something also being provided to you. If if you're giving him wifely duties, you want to make sure he's acting like a husband and you guys are in the process of moving forward to that step. So you know how they always say, don't give wifely duties to a fuck boy. We all know that saying that's on Instagram and it's floating around and you know, we gonna give up the fuck boys in 2019 and we gonna stop doing these niggas like this and we gonna stop doing these for all these type of dudes right we want to make sure that if you do stop messing with somebody you see the benefit in what you actually did in that relationship instead of always looking at it from a negative light if you constantly look at a relationship in a negative light you won't be able to see the positivity that you bring to a next another situation if i walk from every situation with baggage excerpt and bag lady you know, you're going to hurt your bag, dragging all them bags like that. You know, I guess nobody ever told you, you know, all that, all that good, you know, Queen Erica Badu stuff. Listen, you cannot keep dragging baggage from relationship to relationship. It is okay to let that coochie calm down, sis. It is, it is totally fine to let that coochie calm down and let it take a little break, a little breather, you know. Do some kegels, because I'm pretty sure you need them. <laughs> Listen, if you're rolling like I'm rolling, sister, I know you need them, okay? Um, and not saying I'm rolling a lot. I'm just saying I like to roll with eggplants, not pencils, okay? So, <laughs> so I'm just saying. So if you're rolling like I'm rolling, sis, I know that... Um, you need to do your kegels. You need to give yourself a break. And sometimes in relationships, we give so much of ourselves and we eliminate the people around us and you create your own world with this person. You forgot to keep a world without that person. And so now you break up, you coming back into the swing of things. You're finally back out with your girls. You're doing girlfriend stuff. You having good girls nights out. You done missed out on so much quality girlfriend time that all the inside jokes that you no longer get, you're not included on, and you're not and, and you feel funny. Because it's like, damn, so what y'all was doing while I was away? Living our motherfucking life. Because, sis, if you decide to get into a relationship and and just say, this is all my focus, forget everything on the outside, when you break up, you have to start all over again. You have to reintroduce yourself to your friends. You have to assimilate to the new friends that they probably not bought into the circle. 
Uh, you have to do a lot. So we're going to talk about things I learned from my exes and how am I implementing it going forward, right? So let's start off with my first love, my first love, Tristan. Now, Tristan was in 11th grade, and I know y'all probably gonna um, talk shit about this, but Tristan was in 11th grade, I was in the 8th grade, and I mean, you know, <laughs> he was older, um, and funny story, I met him off of a miscommunication with a two-way, he meant to text some, his friend meant to text someone else. Um, and my friend had a two-way, and then I had one, so I decided to, you know what I'm saying, let me start hitting him up on my little private two-way or whatever. This is, y'all, some of y'all don't know what two-ways are, but let's say, two-ways was, was, hey, it was the shit. Um, so I ended up meeting up with him. He wasn't amazingly cute or whatever, but we ended up being together for at least three years, and up until my freshman year, no, my sophomore year in high school, we were together, and uh, it was it was it was a beautiful relationship. He was he was my first. Um, I don't know if the other person thought he was, but uh, Tristan was. <laughs> he the first. <laughs> but Tristan taught me like what love was. You know, in middle school, you you got puppy love and you walk around in school. But, you know, like, I'm like, I got this secret. You know, I'm talking to this high school guy who is way too old for me. And I didn't do anything with him until my ninth grade year of high school. And, Mom, please don't kill me over this. But I lost my virginity in ninth grade. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But um, Tristan taught me how to love, and he really showed me um, the the essence of what good communication means. Because when you're that young, you know, all you have is either your communication on the two-way, especially back then. Uh, Grandma used to pick up the phone and, like, you know, see who you're talking to. She'll pick up the phone and just be quiet to see what you're talking about, you know. And it was no such thing, you know. I don't know about in Caucasian homes, but in black homes, we had one phone line. And we wasn't getting no private lines because you won't pay no bills to get no private lines. So you had to play it close. And then you had a lot of your stolen moments. And a lot of our stolen moments came when I was in his area in Overtown at church. And my grandmother probably was way off when and I'd go sneak off, you know, if we haven't practiced or something. I had a lot of stolen moments. And he really taught me the, the beauty of communication and, like, what and what role that plays in relationships. And I always value the the essence of communication in relationships and that's one of my biggest things so shout out to you Tristan for always um being a part of my life you know I don't have good I don't talk to him now because I'm in Houston and I've lost contact with him since I moved here or whatever or you know since I was in my last relationship but we stay friends all the way up until like three years ago, um, you know, he got into a relationship. He was getting married. So, you know, eventually, you know, y'all separate. 
So that's that. So shout out to you, Christian, uh, Tristan, for, uh, you know, teaching me about communication and, and understanding how to communicate with a man, a man, a man, a man. All right. So let's drizzle down. Now, I've had boyfriends post Tristan. Um, there was Killer Cam and, um, you know, he was the hood nigga and, um, he he was good and bad for me, you know. He he was a little thought, but Killer Cam, you know, he's still around to this day, you know. Dropping that down, nah, but nothing popped off with Tris, uh, with um, Killer Cam. I can't even say his name because I got too many names that's like so close to each other. But Killer Cam, shout out to you, boo. You know, we got pictures as an adult too, so uh, shout out to Killer Cam. But here comes uh, junior year till sophomore year in college. Calvin, my high school sweetheart. Now, I still got a smile on my face when it comes to Calvin because Calvin was my high school sweetheart and you always have that bond with him. So I guess one thing that I learned from that relationship is to, um, you know... Beauty is only skinny. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying that, you know, to down him. I'm saying beauty is only skinny because a, a lot of the times, even though you have this good relationship with this guy, he also has his own motives, right? Now, there was no un undeniable, like, he treated me well, his family loved me, like, we had a really good relationship. Up until, you know, he always made it an opportunity for another chick to let their presence be known. And I'm like, baby, I don't compete. So, when I say beauty is only skin deep, I mean that whatever your daddy taught you is what you go by. There was an instance where uh, Calvin would write his ex-girlfriend and tell her, like, you know, you're way prettier than my girlfriend, but she got a better personality. And that was, like, equilibrium to saying, like, I was ugly as fuck. And, um, and I was a cheerleader, so I was, like, super confident, but I always had that uh, feeling or inkling that I wasn't as pretty as other girls because I was really dark-skinned at the time. And I really haven't come into all of my looks just yet. You know, they were still developing. My head was a little bit bigger than my body. I just, you know, I really started getting some nice cute tatas. Uh, <laughs> my legs was pretty cute, but I had stretch marks on my calves. And I've always had them, and I always struggled with that, and I had big feet. So I always had that insecurity. It's like I'm so unproportioned, you know, to be a teenager, but like I'm on the chilling squad, so I, I gotta be, I gotta keep it up. I gotta be cute or whatever, and I got this star, you know, a basketball player or whatever. So I always had to look good. So that pressure was there, but it is always a situation where people allow other people to make their position be known when they shouldn't have a position. And I went through this with him all up into college until I had, until I had enough. And I decided to do me. 
And, you know, you in college, you a freshman, you hot shit, you got a nice body, you know, to to the upperclassmen. And it's just like, you on America's most wanted list (laughs) in college. And, you know, it was only a couple uh, handful of chicks that I could say we really ran you know, E-dub our, you know, freshman year because we was, we was down our lookers and I didn't feel pretty until I got there and they told me I was pretty. It was just like, what? Like, I know my daddy told me I was pretty. I know he told me I was beautiful when I was a beautiful black girl and I was, you know, pretty to be black and I, and love my skin and, you know, love the skin you in and always don't be afraid of who you are as a, as a black woman in America. But at the same time, we always look for the opposite sex to validate ourselves. So one thing I guess I can say I learned for him is that, um, validation is only within yourself and that you need to seek validation from self and not from others. Uh, he was, a, like I said, a really good boyfriend, but uh, his downfalls was really, um, you know, matters of the flesh. And that's what it came down to and not making me feel like I was a priority. So, in that essence... That's what I learned from Calvin. <laughs> um, and then we go down, you know, to my my college crush. Now we all know who that is. Now his name is gonna is gonna stay private to me because ooh, he wasn't an ex boyfriend, but he is someone I had a infatible. Oh my god. Like I will look at him today and just be like, oh my god, like, oh my god. And I guess that I can set sum this up. He is a Q. Now everybody at E Dub know who I'm talking about. If you ain't go to E Dub, you you know my close friend. You don't know. You don't know. And let's just say the Q dog. Okay. Let's let's just keep it like that. Okay. 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 We good. We good. Fast forward. I meet my baby daddy. Treated me well. Um, relationship moved, like, extremely fast. I got pregnant within, like, like, five months of dating him. And, you know, I have my cute baby boy. I guess I learned from that nigga, you know, pause on the fuck niggas. <laughs> pause on the fuck niggas. If you see a fuck nigga alert, um, you know, pay attention to it. And But in more serious, um... And more serious, like, if what I learned from my baby daddy is um, Dennis Lamar Ford Jr., uh, Fathead's Barbershop, I am talking to you, Hootie. Um, I am saying that the thing I learned from you is I learned strength from you. And I, I was going to say some fucked up shit, but I'm not. I'm not. And let me tell you why I feel like I learned strength from you. You lied to me. You abandoned me and your child. You told me that you was coming. You would have me waiting at bus stops. At the train station. You would have me waiting at the airport to pick you up. Knowing you had no intentions of coming you would go as far as to asking me 
what street is this street and how do I get to your house? You taught me the understanding of do not take a lie. I have such a hard time with dealing with people who lie to me because of you. I don't deal with people who extensively lie to me um, over a, a matter of time or if I feel like they lie to me one time, that's it. So, and one thing that you've taught me in in another essence is that I am so, I am, I am such a bomb as mother. I never wanted kids. I never wanted to be a parent, but you made me one. And you left me to do it by myself. But it's okay because guess what? Me and that baby, we are enjoying our life. And we're not missing out on anything. So thank you. Thank you for abandoning us. And making me be a strong ass motherfucker. So that's what you'll get. (laughs) That's what you get. That's what you get. That's what you get. Plain and simple. And y'all know I really kind of wanted to bash him a little bit, but we're not. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Who had to take a quick break after that one because, ooh, ooh. If y'all are listening on the Anchor app, hope you enjoyed. Thank you, next by Ariana Grande. But we're going to get right back into it. So, after I had the baby, I had my son, uh, an old fling that I used to date uh, long distance. Uh, I was in high school for about a year, and he went off to Job Corps, and we kept in contact. After I had my baby, he reached out to me, heard I had a baby, and uh, he wanted to be a part of our lives. And I am so thankful for Rod. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Now, even though Rod and I had a tumultuous breakup because we moved too fast, right? And this, at this point in my life, everything, I I was doing a lot of wrong in relationships, moving too fast, going too soon. So, you know, I learned a lot. Now, Rod taught me um, how to be a woman. It was my first relationship post having Khalil and I wanted um nothing more than to be wanted like you know you're going through postpartum and you're still trying to like you know find your sexy after having a baby you're trying to find yourself like who am I like what am I worth like you, you go through so much especially if you are um doing it alone so all of my all my single mamas who done went through it alone you know this feeling like of you know feeling wanted or feeling like you want help or feeling like you just you just want somebody there to help you through this um transition to motherhood and Rod stepped in, like, ultimately, and just, he just been a part of our lives for, you know, um, a good five, six years. And uh, we ultimately did not get married because we had three 
three things that just showed up and was just like, no, it's 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 a no go. It's it's a no go. And you know, so Rod, I am so thankful for you because you really taught me how to be a woman and I didn't know how to make breakfast until Rod Mama showed me and I miss them, even though, you know, we all fell out on bad terms, baby. Ooh, that was rough. It was rough. It was rough. Um, so even though we all fell out over that red light, they really taught me how, you know, to get into my womanhood and, and how to, you know, you know, butch it up a little bit, you know, don't, don't worry about like not having, worry about what you do have and, you know, go from there. So they really taught me how to enter into my womanhood. Uh, he helped me feel, feel confident post having a baby like if I didn't have him I don't know like I'd probably be like 500 pounds right now because I really spiral into like a really big depression and just having someone that always just um kind of needed you and depended on you to like be there it just was motivation to make sure I lived a healthier lifestyle and I was inspired to lose the weight so I lost the weight and you know ultimately I gained it back <laughs> but you know hey we gonna get it out new year new me. Um, so, and also he taught me, like, it's, it's okay to be domestic. Like, growing up, I would see my grandmother, you know, being, um, being, you know, you know, so wifely and so domesticated for my grandfather and my uncles and my dad and my brothers. And I'm just like, ugh, never me. Ew, I'm never going to do that. I need someone that knows how to cook. He knows how to do everything because I don't want to do anything. Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm going to be a boss ass chick. I don't want all of that. I just want someone that's going to be a good husband and cook for me. Like my granddaddy cooks sometimes, but like seven days a week or he going to take me out a lot. So I had the a different perspective of what I wanted, but he taught me that it's okay to be a little domesticated. And, um, it was a beautiful relationship until, you know, matters of the flesh. These niggas was weak back in um, 2009. Fast forward to 2012. Now, I took a break from dating from 2009 to 2012. That is a big, a big gap, y'all. So, understand the amount of surgery that I was doing with myself on the inside. And that was a lot of good time for me to just take off, not worry about dating, worry about myself, focus on losing the weight, focus on what I wanted to do in my life. I was in school, I kept busy. So those things ultimately help distract you. But when you get in relationships, you got to stay focused too. Fast forward to 2012. <laughs> I meet, um, I meet Nate. Now I, I feel so highly about Nate and I speak so highly of him because ultimately I, I mean I haven't met someone like Nate yet. Uh Nate jumped in as as just my everything. He was a partner. We got money together. We we did a lot of radio stuff together. We was on our way to being like, you know, top ranking couple in Miami um, music industry and entertainment industry. We was working our way there. And ultimately, I knew he was not ready to be a stepfather. 
and he had other dreams he wanted to pursue. So we dated for about two and a half years until we um, broke up. And I know he wanted to go to L.A. and pursue his music career. But, you know, when you do a long-distance relationship, sometimes things don't work out. So it was easier to break up before he left than to, you know, you know, drag it on and, you know, have that insecurity. Is he being faithful? Is he not? You know, because he's in the entertainment industry. He's in L.A. He's going to meet females. He's going he gonna to do this. And that's that's what he did when he got out there. He spread his wings and he and he flew for two and a half years. Nate played a, a instrumental part in my life. You know, just helping me stay focused on, you know, getting my career together. I felt like I did give up my world. I gave up my world of um, interviewing and you know radio because I wanted to to be exactly who he wanted me to be. So remember, ladies, I told you. Keep your world. Don't excommunicate yourself from your world, your connections, your worldview, what what you thought you were going to be. And a lot of um, my peddling back into uh, radio came because I gave it up for Nate. Uh, Nate, even though we had like a really good, you know, success rate or whatever together, there was always that understanding of maybe she's trying to compete with me. And it was just like that. And he's Haitian. So, you know, y'all know if y'all ever dated Haitian. So, uh, (laughs) so he just, yeah, you know, like he was just always just that type of person that wanted to be on top and could not always deal with that. His counterpart being more known than he is. Fast forward, present day, Nate is in a healthy relationship with a pretty young lady out in California. And she's the actress. I've seen her on a couple Target commercials. So shout out to them and their love. I know she's enjoying him. He done took her to a couple of my city spots. But ultimately, I learned um, how to love again. And, and it's a big gap from like, you know, ninth grade or 10th grade to, you know, being 20, 22 years old and the gap of loving someone, you know, like I felt like I love Calvin, like puppy love Calvin, but, you know, Rod was eh, kind of cool love, but it wasn't like a Nate type of love. It was like ethereal. Like he touched me, like I get goosebumps and he looked at me. I felt I felt electrified. So a lot of people would say like, oh, that was your soulmate. But probably not. Probably so, but probably not. But from Nate uh, to Nate, I just want to say, you taught me how to love again. You taught me the importance of my business and understanding my brand. You taught me, even though you weren't so happy, you taught me to fight for what I wanted. Seeing you leave to go to California inspired me to go for what I wanted and I am and to not be obligated to anybody else's ideas of what I should be I know you wanted to give up a lot of your dreams for me and Khalil and ultimately we decided the best thing for you was to go for your dreams and you inspired me to move to Houston to get things going and also you inspired me in our later conversations you know to go for my podcasting and reach out to you (laughs) so shout out to you Nate 
for, you know, uh, just being amazing. Just being amazing and being my soulmate. Um, John, hey, hey, Johnny, John, John, John. You taught me how to be patient. Patient. We just moving so fast, boo boo. We we ain't get we ain't get no time to have no fun. Well, we had a lot of fun, but still, you taught me how to be patient. Um, by moving so fast because I I ultimately see, like what moving fast um can get you, right? <sighs> and my last boyfriend, uh, Chris. Who? What can I say? Although we are in a good space right now, Chris, um, I feel like it's momentarily. Um, and it is only for the occasion of the if I can convince her or if I can suggest enough that she comes home. Or if I help her find the beauty in relocating back to Miami. You taught me to... Stay on the right path. And the reason why I say you taught me that is because you disagree with so much that what I was doing, you kind of kept me very calm and in my anxious moments. Uh, sometimes I would get overworked at work or I would just get so irritated with people that I would just have like many meltdowns or whatever. But you taught me the importance of staying the course. Like you, you've been at your job for a, such such a long time, and I'm a job hopper. Sometimes I could be a job hopper if I feel like it, you know. But you really showed me um, the importance of staying on course and not being able to be thrown off course, no matter what nobody said. You didn't agree with a lot of things I said about your job and you know the path you were going. So. Uh, I just appreciate you for, you know, showing me that. Uh, on the other side, I felt like I learned from myself that I am stronger without than to be second place. Oh my God, ladies, do y'all know what that feels like? To know that you are stronger without than to be second place. Now, granted, when you are dating a guy with kids, you know, there are things that you know that you may come second place in. But nonetheless, I would never play second best to another female. So understand that when we deal with men with children and men with a lot of baggage, we need to we need to ask the questions. And I mean, you know. How have you learned? Like, we like, it's a job interview. Like, how have you learned from your past mistakes? Like, what are you trying to do with your future going forward? How are you um, experiencing growth in your career? We need to give them a hard time in this getting to know you phase and, and really do the research. And for so, for so long, Chris did not want to commit to being in a relationship because he felt like it would it would do more harm than good for the relationship. And I'm just not willing to do that. If I'm putting my all and I'm putting a lot of my energy, 
you expecting all of these girlfriend benefits without the commitment of being in a relationship. So one thing I want all my, my, my listeners to learn is that we're not, we're not taking half-assed proposals. We're not going to take an inch but, but, but give a vow. You know what I mean? We're not doing that in 2019. So thank you for teaching me the, the understanding of boundaries. And the precedent that I need to put them in my life. Understanding that what I want is first than what you want. Because if they're not equally together, if you're not looking for marriage, if you're not looking for the same things I'm looking for, we don't need to waste each other's time at all. So, those are all the things that I learned from all my exes. Oh my gosh, that was tough. That was tough to talk about. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. That was tough to talk about. But in essence, ladies, I want y'all to understand this. Walking away or ending relationships does not mean you can't keep a man. Okay? You cannot keep someone that does not see the value in being kept. And I'm going to say that again. You cannot keep someone that does not understand the value of being kept. They can say, oh, I want this relationship. I want to be with you. I feel like we have a future, but I don't want to commit because, or they always have an issue with the committed part of the relationship, but they want so many benefits from you. They want you to cook. They want you to make them dinner on a first date. We're not doing that shit in 2019. We're not going there. 2019 we are going to be true to the things that we want as women as mothers as entrepreneurs as workers as followers of the king we are going to stay true in what it is that we want in our career and personal and love life and we're going to stick to them we're going to continue to create a world around ourselves so that when someone comes in, they can go ahead and assimilate to the world that you have already created for yourself. Steve, Har- Steve Harvey said it before that you can't expect, you know, to, to just put yourself in someone else's world. If you don't have a world to bring them into, what is it that you add to the relationship? What interests, what things uh, or hobbies that you bring new and fresh to the relationship? You can't make and create a world around a person that may be temporary. So to all my sisters, I want you to sit back and think about it. Write down your exes. Think about the things that they taught you, the things that you learned about yourself. I felt like I've learned that I'm much stronger than I give myself credit I feel like I've learned how to be patient, especially dealing with a long distance uh, situation or whatever. And I felt like I learned how to love me again, how to put myself first, how to put my needs first. One thing that I will do going forward is that I would try harder to be more open and more engaged in the uh, getting to know you process instead of using it as a tool to like kind of drill people. <laughs> and sometimes I do that. And sometimes it may not come off the right way. 
But I want all my my sisters and my listeners to know that it is okay. It's okay to, you know, go there and I get to know you face to get deep in those questions. Ask about their parents. Ask about all that stuff because you don't want to waste time. So, <laughs> I hope y'all got something from today's episode. Ugh, such a breath of fresh air, ladies. Oh my gosh, lessons from your exes. Lessons from my exes. Oh my gosh, if you heard something that you liked, let me know. Let me know about some lessons you learned from your exes. What did you learn about yourself and what you want in another relationship? It's the same thing and it's equivalent to when you're job searching, right? And the recruiter calls you and says, so what are you searching for your next role? This is Kiara letting you know or asking you, what is it that you want in your next relationship? We have completed episode 10, ladies. Woohoo! <laughs> so lessons from my exes is completed ladies i hope you guys just took something away from it um just by me being open about the things that i've experienced from you know from eighth grade to to being 29 lord <laughs> i'm telling you my age but still you know i hope that you you take something from it and you apply it to your, you know, self-evaluation, you know, going into 2019, we want to make sure that we're starting the month off. We're only nine days in to 2019, and we want to make sure that you guys are not getting off track. We, If you are off track, we want to put you back on track because it is very uh, instrumental that we keep each other uplifted. You know, especially during these first two months of the year, because this this sets the tone, this sets the pattern of how we're gonna proceed throughout the year. And it doesn't necessarily say it's going to stay that way. It sets the pattern. You know, are you going full force? If you're going full force, you're gonna go full force all year. If we going hard, we're gonna press hard all year. So I want y'all to make sure y'all are rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Anchor. Go ahead and favorite it. I love for you guys to give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps other ladies find the podcast and get everybody involved in what we got going on here at Black Girl Uninterrupted. Ladies, it has been a pleasure chilling and talking and being with y'all yet again. I'm your girl, Kiara Moore. Peace out.